0: How was your week? It was good. It was busy and fun. I mean, we went to Jordan Peterson last night. Yeah, that was great. and that's the first time I had seen him in person. Yeah, and yeah. he was exactly like I think you would expect.
1: Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope there's some sincerity and consistency there.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the show? I think it was good. I think, would you say it was worth going to, like a worthwhile experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As I've gotten older, though, it's interesting I, there's definitely something about being in the crowd, maybe not this one, because it's pretty sedate. Uh, you know, a concert's different, all that energy comes up. But professional sports, you know, football games and concerts and things, as I've gotten older, it's like, yeah, it's better on, it's better on TV. <laughs> right. you know, pause, rewind, snack, restroom. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've shifted. I mean, I've seen lots of big name concerts and mm-hmm. uh lots of NFL games, been on the field for NFL games and right. it's kinda like if given the choice now, probably almost always not. Yeah. But it was fun to see him it was fun to see the crowd too. Right. Yeah. These are people probably five thousand turnout. Maybe. Yeah. People who are willing to spend, you know, whatever, eighty to several several hundred dollars to uh
0: to listen to someone opine philosophically,
1: yeah, I mean that's pretty pretty cool.
0: Yeah, There's a couple times where there was a pause, and it was like a long pause. And I was thinking, what other event would everyone just be quiet and yeah. waiting Wait. for the thought to come? Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> such a classic Peterson character, character, right? The
1: the pause while he struggles to make sure he. I, I've heard him say the hardest thing for him is he's wants to choose. Every word correctly. Yeah. Because it has such impact. Right. Not to mention there's so many people out to destroy him.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I appreciated that. But it was nice to have something where there was some intellectual rigor involved. And I did find a few times, you know, he said something that had like 20 layers to it. But it was like one sentence. And I didn't have the time because he moved no, on. Right. That's where you need that pause button. Yeah. 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 So it is better <laughs> online sometimes, you know, for a lot of things. But I do think if there's something too... For the right event, being there and being in a crowd of yeah. like minded people who are reacting to something, yeah. and there's something about that live energy, yeah, and so I appreciated that
1: i mean I, I think it's i don't know, but i it feels kind of new to me, this phenomena you know where you have a <clears throat> you know a debate between Sam Harris and Douglas Murray, or I mean these types of things feel kind of new i don't remember people. You know, you'd have it at universities, but it feels like it's now almost turning into like a uh like a professional sport. I mean they're they're in stadiums and there's right. enough people interested. I think that's a great sign.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. I think in a lot of ways, uh that you you picked up on a shift from university setting to and part of this is just online stuff, but to the podcasting world kind of because that that debate, that's where that sort of moved, I think when like speech and stuff got curtailed at the academic level, I think a lot of the the conversations drive it. Yeah. Yeah. They moved to the, like the venue where they were welcomed, you know, right. In most places.
1: Yeah. I wonder it'd be really, for me, it'd be interesting to find a metric over time and see if this is increasing.
0: Yeah. Right. What did you think about the musical opener? I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) That was kind of funny. He
1: was a good guitarist, but, um, yeah, probably. I think I mentioned. I don't think the acoustics were set up for music um, so much.
0: Yeah, but, uh, and I'm a, it was, big,
1: I'm a big music fan.
0: It was good. It was it was interesting. It was unexpected. It added to the experience a little bit yeah. classical. But then I wasn't expecting. I think he electric, plugged his electric guitar, banjo in, and it was yeah. like
1: electric. It was a funny, funny um, deal.
0: What but, did you think about Peterson's ideas that he presented?
1: Yeah, you know, same ideas, but he's 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 seeking out footing over the last I've been watching him for six years probably and he's like he's seeking universal truth right and he has pieces of it and he's had it it since the beginning but he's trying to tie them all together and I, I can see this in his in his delivery and and you know culminating with like the title of this uh uh tour is we who wrestle with God right right and to me it's he's 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 he he's working his way toward god personally is what i think is happening
0: yeah i told you this last night but i want to ask him what he means by spirit because i feel like when he says that sometimes what he says could only apply to an actual living deity but most of the time when he says you know, this is there that is done in the spirit of something. I feel like he's saying a mode of thinking or acting or being Mm, almost like the spirit of friendship, you know, that's not talking about an actual spirit or, you know, and so I really feel like when he says uh, something about wrestling with God or something, I feel like what he's really saying is wrestling with yourself in a way, which isn't really saying anything profound in a way, because if you're just approaching it as a psychological thing and you have different slivers inside your mind different propositions maybe or ways of thinking about it. you know i feel like that's more where he's kind of landing effectively and i don't know it's a little unsatisfying
1: yeah well you know it depends on your expectations for me yeah. knowing where he's been and you know a few years ago people ask him do you believe in god and he give a 40 minute tortured answer like yeah how can you even, what does believe mean? And right. how can you even, how can anyone say that? Cause how would you live if you believed? And I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's getting there. My wife had a, an interesting, uh, she's like, I think it needs to be retitled. We who wrestle with evil mm. that you don't really wrestle with God. You're wrestling with evil against acceptance of God. Mm. The, the, the surrender the, uh, I think his wife, I think Tammy used the word surrender. Yeah. I, I use the word submiss. Um,
0: yeah. Well, that's a word that people don't like no, today. You know, like you you want to be in charge. You want to act like the so, deity. Oh, submiss. Uh, yeah, the you deity know. of your own life, you know, like yeah. you create your life. Yeah. Nothing outside can influence that. That's the mm. mentality, I think, today. It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. and that's. Uh,
1: I think that's why we have so much heartache. Yeah. So much suicide, so much drive. I mean, you empirically, don't you just have to look at... I've said this, I I would debate people in my younger years about capitalism and I would say, you know, you don't have to be an economist, just empirically look at the countries who try socialist, collectivism, communism and look at the most capitalistic countries and see who meets the people's needs the most. It's obvious. And it's kind of the same thing here, right? Empirically, if we look at people who, basically unknowingly accept nihilism the results aren't very good right i mean and we're we're living it
0: yeah i i don't know how much of that is just people haven't been painted a picture of what life could be like other than how it is kind of you know
1: yeah they don't see an alternative modern
0: life it's the water everyone's swimming in and it's familiar and it's what they're used to and the expectations have been set so low, but often phrased in a way that makes them sound so lofty, mm-hmm. especially when you're hearing stuff, you know, from like a mainstream media outlet and and from certain humanists. I'm thinking about Steven Pinker, and everything just in the future is so bright. And look at all the progress that we've made. Mm-hmm. Progress is a very loaded word. And you know, there's just that notion of like how do you set societies? minds and eyes on something higher when there just is no interest
1: right no that that's the problem i think you have to i think what happens is they almost have to face tragedy it's like, yeah well why did my son kill himself right yeah there's something wrong yeah you know and and people have to the problem is we think you know i've said this before it's like people were kind of bipolar thinkers it's like, okay, it's total technology, humanist, future vision, or totally Amish, antiquated, give up technology and, you know, be a God-fearing peasant. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be that way, right? I think, yeah. I think you can have meaning and still embrace human agency and rationale. That was one of my big discoveries, you know, the whole um, St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a lot and talked about marrying faith and reason and that's a piece i was missing it's like well you can't just be faith you know what, what's that we have this big brain there's a purpose right uh, and i think we can make better world with it without making that the god that's peterson brought a lot he talked about right. the tower bible yeah I want to talk about that for a second
0: i do but i just have to say in reaction to what you're saying uh, I don't want to only let one side of the topic of faith um, feel like, you know, I, I, a lot of people think Christians are the only ones that have faith. No. And and, and yeah. the word faith, you have to define that. But every secular person I know has a ton of faith in scientism or in something like. Um, anyways, that's so that's kind of a different topic. It's not just Christians that proceed through life. On faith. Right. Everyone does not have firsthand knowledge to history or all kinds of things. And so it gets into the issue of trust.
1: I mean, we, we have faith. and well, Let's paint that just one, one, one more level deep. Um, you know, we have faith in like everything we do. It's like, I have faith coming to talk to you today that you aren't going to pull out a gun and shoot me. Right. Right. <clears throat> there is faith there. I base that on some reason. Right some prior experience, and then I make decisions based on that. So it's not like this groundless... That's one of the problems I think at least the Western church has had is is we spent decades of it just appeared to be like this groundless reason for believing things that just can't be true. Yeah. Right? And that's not at all the case.
0: Yeah, it's a a caricature of what a Christian probably should be yeah um and many are so yeah the tower of Babel thing i feel like he really approached that from an purely academic standpoint which is fine there's you can analyze it as a story and archetype and stuff Mm -hmm. you can um but basically it was an argument (laughs) against uh centralization of power and needing to distribute responsibility so i'm i'm 100 on board with that well, yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I it resonated with me because I think it was even a couple episodes ago, I was talking about decentralization and how you can't have responsibility at the in, in the United States as an example, you can't have a centralized government taking, you know, five times what the states take, then all the power sits up there. <clears throat> Peterson was talking about the U.S. is very successful because of its decentralization. Yeah, which. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe not complete understanding of how non-decentralized we are. We still yeah. have some, and that counts. And you move states. You know, you've done it. I've right. done it to to influence things. But yeah, I really appreciated the, the the example of of centralization in the Tower of Babel. But it was ac- yeah. it was more academic.
0: The lens that he used <laughs> to look at the Tower of Babel was an interesting one, wherein he basically said technologists uh he he associated those building the tower as technologists basically basically google he basically yes. calls google the tower of babel in a way <laughs> yes yes and he's onto something because the tower of babel story has to do with language and he specifically brought up gemini yeah. and ai That's and a topic how it's <laughs> mapped out you know language and um yeah so we should talk about Um, gemini and that that was a big thing this week
1: yeah first of all first off i want to uh, mention that he had an interesting slide of the eu one of the eu's early advertisements for bringing the eu together and it was like literally the tower of tower of babel yeah um photo why would you pick that yeah i mean like maybe you didn't read the story yeah (laughs) I, i don't know and then um their headquarters, and I didn't know this, the headquarters looks an awfully lot like... A famous painting of yeah, the Tower a of Babel. from the 1500s from a painting of the Tower of Babel. It's like... Yeah. That's a cautionary tale, guys. What, what are unless, you doing here?
0: Unless... I feel like um, we, we have in America, and I guess in the West at the moment, these two sets of morals. And so I heard somebody um, talking about recently how people... On the progressive left, um, one of the biggest myths that they've perpetuated over the last couple of decades is that they're moral relativists. And this person said, no, actually, they're fundamentalists. You know, maybe you've been led to think or they've let you think that they're actually relativists, but they're very fundamental. Like they believe that there is a way to do things and it's not the traditional way, so to speak. <laughs> and he also pointed out they're also very evangelical you know <laughs> and there's a great book i don't know if did you read i don't know the new puritans okay. he's calling the left the woke scolds and the new puritans and it's such an interesting comparison you know telling people what they can and cannot do um, but under their system of morality and principles fascinating uh observation and accurate i think
1: yeah that that is, uh, I'd have to reflect on that and see what is their fundamental
0: value system. Do they Just have one? I think they do. It's always, it's Ouroboro, it's the tail that's constantly being eaten by the head. Yeah. But, you know, constant revolution, but anything that's not traditional Christianity. Like, that is what they will always be fundamentally at odds with. Yeah, and it's
1: it's fascinating to watch because it's like they will, you know... They'll support, support Islam. And yet, when approached, I saw a great, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, a man on the street deal, and they were asking, you know, <clears throat> uh, we're doing this petition to support Palestine. Yeah. Or something like that. And people, oh, I'll sign it. And they're like, yeah, but first you need to read these 10 things about what you're agreeing to. And it's like, you know, we believe that gay marriage should be illegal. And, you know, different things. And they're like... No, I can't sign that. <laughs> right, it's, it ended up not they, being They They end up very conflicted because because they don't have a consistent yeah. fundamental value system. They're continually presented with things that are at odds with each other. Yes. I, I used to call it mine. I called it the mental minefield. Mental mind and that was marrying some type of belief in God, which I maybe vaguely had, um, like I said, I probably was considered myself a deist mm-hmm. with science, right? Rational thinking. And so traverse this middle minefield. And I, and it took me years to get there to where it all coherently fits together. They Theirs does not. It's like you, you know, we don't want a lot of, we don't want people pushing gays off buildings, but I support yeah. Islam and I support uh, gay marriage, you know, and it's there they're going to be, they're going to be, they're, they're in trouble, you know, if they, and well,
0: that gets into the, the bigger just issue of just having an ordered society and a chaotic society. And I think if you want to blow up the system that was there, you have to introduce that chaos. And I think that has been executed really well. It's very chaotic. And if you can have people not, you know, thinking alike, number one, or that there's some, Truth outside of themselves and their feelings. Then, on that front, the liberal project has been very successful. If it was intended to if, replace what was, if there. the
1: intention was there, and I,
0: I do believe that they,
1: they, you know, they play on the greatest, you know, Tower of Babel and you know national language. Great example, right? I mean, everybody for throughout history thinks it's important for a country to share values, language, uh, goals, et cetera. Past, it's part of it. America was a fairly successful multiculturalist, not even multicultural, right? We called it the melting pot simply mm-hmm. when I was young. Um, but people integrated, they wanted to be American. They wanted right. to teach their kids to speak English and they wanted to be part of it and now the effort and whether intentional or not i'm not sure the result is conflicting value sets
0: yeah well vivek gets into this a lot what is what does it mean to be an american it's not just existing here in a geographic area right and basically you can't just be a country of one like you know you you're not you, you exist around other people and you have to have a system that works you know and it's not just a geographical border. Like here we all find ourselves, but also how do we interact with each other? Peterson
1: talked, um, you know, you, you make me think about trust. Yeah. Peterson said one of the reasons America is so successful, you know, and did Tocqueville talk to a lot about this back in the beginning of the 1800s, maybe. Um, and, and Peterson t- t- touched on it as well. You know, you have to have, you can have liberty on one coast, but you need responsibility on the other. You, need, mm-hmm. you have to have both of those. And Peterson was talking about, we're so successful because we, we had the magic. We strove toward a higher good. We're founded on Western Christian ideals. Mm-hmm. And those ideals basically are like, you don't lie and cheat, right? So now I can have a transaction with someone and reasonably certain that it's going to work out. And you don't waste all this overhead on contractual issues, judgment issues, you know, legal. We, we do a lot of that now. Yeah, but traditionally, it's like we're all striving to be better, good people. Yeah, and so, and I think that's tough to do today. I yeah. think people are willing to like lying. I don't have any data. I should look that up, but I think people are just willing to lie to to serve an end. Absolutely, no matter what. Like, there's there no second. It's not. Well, it's a non-issue
0: at all. That's because society is trying to get away from the idea of consequences. And you see this in the justice system, um, although not entirely. Again, we're back, back back to the fundamental. Yeah, if they can cancel <laughs> you, that is yep. a sort of a punishment, a consequence. Um, but again, or the they only... can prosecute one. You know, selectively prosecute. That's right. But so I think I think that's true. One of his best insights, I think, from the night is really just the way he phrased it, because it's something that we've even talked about before. But you know, this culture of safetyism and the infantilization of everybody. And he was like, you know, I forget how he phrased it. It was something like an infant is kept very safe, but do you want to be an adult infant basically? Right. Right. um, Be an infant forever. And obviously when you put it like that. And you don't mind taking care of
1: an infant. You like taking care of an infant until they can take care of themselves. Then you resent taking care of them. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I think we're that way to some degree. I think that's partially human nature. We One, we recognize, you know, Paying able-bodied, I think, is the words they use, people to sit. Pain, taking my tax dollars and paying people to sit and do nothing mm-hmm. feels wrong, right? Yeah. Doesn't feel wrong to feed a baby, right. but it feels wrong to feed an adult, Yeah, right? So we recognize that to some degree. Some people don't recognize that or they don't acknowledge maybe the able part of it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, he brought up an interesting statistic, didn't he, about- oh if you've taken even one politically correct class yeah. um then what was the gist of that yeah i You're that's that's all it
1: takes to for you to vote for for that you know so imagine if this ideals
0: if your entire education then was being force fed politically yeah. correct stuff what's yeah. that going to do to you? yeah
1: no i mean it's uh it was interesting cuz i'm sure like myself he was product of public education and i'm sure he sent his kids for public education and one of the questions from the audience at the end is what do you think about public education and he's like don't do it i mean not you know peterson's typical thing is think come up with the right phrase and his way he blurted it out out immediately. no yeah right and he said it is it's basically like the downfall of everything is kind of the gist of it
0: yeah It's interesting because I know somebody who's a progressive and I think they would consider themselves a centrist, which is funny. Um, But, you know, we would talk about an issue like abortion and um, would give me examples like, you know, this person, it was obviously like an edge case. It's not the the usual situation, an edge case, of course. Um, And, you know, I would take this person to get an abortion myself, you know, like because it's just (laughs) going to ruin their life. And he's like trying to paint um republicans as basically mean and and i said i Always think i think the point for republicans is they just don't want abortion you know even if you granted any extreme edge cases they mm-hmm. just don't see they want the personal responsibility in there so that you're not using abortion as a contraceptive
1: method right you know well it used to be you you probably don't remember this but when i was younger it was the left would fight for safe and rare abortions yeah and the easy question, following question was, why rare? Is yep. there a problem with it? Like you must, you must acknowledge they've moved away from that. I don't hear Absolutely. it much. I don't hear it much anymore because I think they realize the, you know, the market. It's marketing. been
0: rebranded over yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the choice. You know, the, again, before your time, but branding it pro choice. Choice is a positive thing. Yeah, you know? we'll tie that back into school choice because school choice. I think that was genius. I mean, branding, branding the. uh, uh, Years ago, trying to figure out best use of my life, um, my wife and I came up with we would fight for a voucher system, right? We'd lobby and try and create a political action committee around lobby.
0: Which, just in case that. anyone doesn't know, is? Um,
1: the voucher system is basically – so like I've talked about, you have to – government has no competition. Therefore, there's no incentives to do well. Public education is the same thing. Right there's the school will not close, like and we see it. Like you can take school districts that are are sixty percent of the people are illiterate or not performing at grade level, and they just give them more money next year. You know you are up to thirteen thousand dollars a student, yeah. and the voucher system is like this acknowledgement of you have to have competition, like success has to be rewarded, and failure has to be disincentivized. So so the voucher system is parents get. Uh, that tax money, that 10 k per child, 15 k per child, and they get to choose where to go. Well, now schools will compete. Look at our pass rate. Look at our college entrance. Look at our placement into vocational programs. What, whatever, they'll compete, and parents can choose, and the ones that fail go out of business, just like our restaurants, right? Yeah. You don't see a bad restaurant staying open very long. Mm-hmm. right i think that's the case we have and we have this amazing array from um, you know mcdonalds to murrays to
0: mortons um
1: we need that in education
0: yeah but isn't it funny because you brought up you know the abortion side of things my body my choice but if you're like my child my choice yeah. you know it's funny how the selective you know application of things ends up playing out because sometimes you have a personal responsibility or choice or But other times, it has to be a collective thing. It's, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And you can't pin them down. I went to uh, Occupy Wall Street. Do you remember that? Yeah, You went went to that? I went. um, We were on our way through. I don't remember why. Maybe to our land in Canada. Um, Went through New York City. Occupy Wall Street was happening. So parked. And I went into the crowd and started talking and asking. What do you, what's the deal? What are you going for here? Because capitalism's not my, my thing, right? I, I thought I was going to work on Wall Street for many years. And no coherent answers. Like, yeah. like, there, were, there was nothing there. There's just, it's just, destroy the system. The rage is the thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've seen a lot of people, um, and I'm not saying if I endorse or not. I've just noticed a trend on X where a lot of people are starting to tout the benefits of an aristocracy (laughs) where people are truly look at like britain you're trained from childhood to serve the public my
1: my kids are that way
0: yeah tell me tell me what you think about that
1: yeah no um i think this i it's scary (laughs) in a way but i think you know, if you take some people on the far conservative side now, they're starting to realize there's a Harvard professor who's who's in integralism and um, there's there's this movement where they're like, "Hey, we need a theocracy." You know, yeah. we need
0: to Some people do say that.
1: Yeah, we need to have basically a country run by a pope, for example. And you know, I I think that's I think that's scary, but, but what it is, it's a, it's it's a reaction to this is failing, right? Mm-hmm. Liberalism. They're, 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 I have a book on my shelf, "Liberalism: The Failure of Li- Liberalism," and people think, and that's a low L liberalism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people think this is not working. We got to do something different. And the problem is they don't acknowledge why, why it's failing, mm-hmm. right? It's failing because we've we've abdicated our responsibility, our personal responsibilities, and our efforts. You know, like I said, responsibility and liberty. Um, I think that's scary, and and the acknowledgement, the reason, the reason it's failing is because again, I say, fallen man. It's like we we all have bad in us, and politicians might have more bad. There's not very, I don't think there's very many altruistic politicians, and so they, by extension, if you concentrate all that power into one, you know, theocracy or uh, arist. You know, England was great when it was under good kid, good yeah. kings, and it was terrible when it was under bad kings. So right. I don't know that that's the answer. I think yeah. the answer is acknowledge that people have problems, and you got to decentralize that power and create incentives for success, like public education. We we're just talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, and of course, um, the liberal side of things would say, "What is bad?" <laughs> you know, like you, you, yeah. To your point of not being able to pin down, like blob 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 thinking blah 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 blah. blob administration you know bureaucracy everywhere mike benz talks about the blob and you can't pin somebody on in fact i think it was Dostoevsky. no it was it was maybe it's tolstoy talking about um the firing squad and who would be responsible for the death of this person he talks about it's basically a critique of an administrative bureaucratic you know thing because right, if no one's responsible someone ordered it fight. up the chain yeah but you know you got 10 guys firing the gun um someone had to walk the orders he's like who's responsible everybody and nobody well and don't they maybe this is an urban myth but don't they
1: only put give one person real bullets
0: oh i don't know i, I think yeah. there's a
1: thing where it's like you can justify I didn't do it because I didn't have the.
0: Bullet. I see, like a Russian roulette. And, yeah, yeah
1: I, think, I think that's the case.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. But, but that, that fact check that is not cool when you apply that blob mentality to language or to running yeah. anything. Because again, it's another way of getting rid of responsibility slash consequences like i just mentioned
1: yeah well and this this uh someone up the chain this authority you know there's nazism there's an interesting psychology experiment i did this with um uh, i was involved with a uh school co-op and i taught science and it's not a proud moment and but (laughs) i took i took these little kids five six years old and i set this up with one of my kids so you put them in this case i put them in a closet and i ran wires out of the closet to this little electronic thing i made with the switch and i'm like okay i need someone to come over and volunteer and push the switch and they push the switch and i had this set up and my, my kid would go ow <laughs> and they're like oh and then and you could get them you could you you then ratchet up you know how long they press the button and how much my kid would yell mm-hmm. so they thought they're injuring him right Right? and like some of them would go like just go all the way Mm -hmm. and a couple of them and you can find youtube videos on this it's fascinating but i saw it and this is like six years old Mm -hmm. and it's funny because there's one or two they were girls who just wouldn't do it Mm. you know they had that
0: empathy yeah
1: but yeah i mean this this taking this authoritarian taking orders is a scary thing too right
0: yeah and just to put in the proper nuance you know you kind of have that horseshoe effect where the you know it's not just totally left totally right on a straight stick you know it's more of a horseshoe and the two sides at the extremes are a little closer you know than people usually realize
1: yeah that's interesting you know bernie sanders rfk jr elucidate a little bit of that right So you there's actually some things this this Hatred of the central government for some of the things they're pulling. Yeah, there's some overlap.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, but let's talk a little bit about um, what happened with Google this week because Peterson <laughs> did get into that. Yeah. But not really. <laughs> they pulled it down. Right. They,
1: they pulled it down their image generation. Yes. Yeah. So Gemini. Gemini. Could create Ultra. images. Ultra. I think, yeah. Gemini Ultra. Uh,
0: and people were trying to prompt it for. Yeah. Just historically caucasian right. make a picture of
1: uh nazi soldiers yeah, yeah or the nazi you know generals or whatever or
0: not not even nazi just like well that was one of them that was yeah. an example i saw yeah you know but yeah. anything anything vikings you know and yeah. you would not get a white or male quote-unquote viking oh i didn't know the male thing no yeah. it was very so just basically anything that could be considered a white caucasian you know yeah. male yeah person
1: and i saw efforts to actually ask it to specifically make white and it would say no yeah and it couldn't and and it extended and i probably fact checked i should affect my self on this but um i saw efforts at vanilla pudding mm-hmm. and vanilla ice cream both came out chocolate yeah and it's like there's this this white you know it was it's taboo and they google came out and admitted it didn't yeah. really apologize, but they admitted it and said, hey, you know, our effort, we have a worldwide audience and our mm-hmm. effort is to make everybody comfortable, you know,
0: blah which number one is complete BS. That's bogus because obviously it doesn't make everyone comfortable and there's a, there's obviously an infestation of a certain agenda at yeah. the large well, tech companies.
1: Well, so here's the thing, right? I totally agree. Like, if I say, make me a picture of um, a family walking their dog. You know, if I'm in the U.S. or whatever, I think, whatever, six out of ten, five out of ten times, that should be white, and, you know, two out of ten times, it should be black, mm-hmm. and two out of ten times, it should be Hispanic, and fine. I'm good with that, right? I think, yeah.
0: I, and efforts... If, if you're trying to match actual demographics.
1: Yeah, if yeah. their training set is such that it was all white... Mm-hmm. And they needed to try and steer it to do that. Sure. Um, fine goal. Yeah. I understand that. If, if they didn't at all test it enough to even say, you know, show me Vikings or, show, mm-hmm. you know, purposely show it, you know, if you say the uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence, it's yeah. a multi, you yeah. know, uh, different, different uh, ethnicities, mm-hmm. that they had to have tested that. Well, I mean
0: we know because we test our stuff I've seen interviews with some Google people involved with AI. I mean they know what they're doing they're yeah. doing it on purpose. the institutions have all been captured. Anything that generates culture yeah. is captured at this point yeah and what's interesting is you know that there's a crazy agenda involved. It's not accidental because it occurs to me that with AI right now, what you could do is if you wanted everyone to feel represented if it was just about feeling, A.I. could make it so that every TV show, every video you saw, every audio thing reflected your ethnicity. Like, you know, um, the same TV show could be re encoded to be all white people, all black people, all, you know, and and everyone would feel like like they were represented. But that's not what it's about. Yeah, no, there
1: also is this kind to alleviate what they perceive to be colonialistic guilt. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, we have to elevate. Eh, I get that too. I mean, if I, if I harm someone and I intentionally harm them or maybe unintentionally harm them, I probably want to make some effort toward recompense, right? And, but it's insane to think of that hundreds of years later,
0: right? But it all devolves into a – if you don't – that what you're saying is I don't actually care about things in principle. I just care about a power grab because that is, you know, Candy's thing about past, you know, oppression. The only way to remedy, remedy that is current oppression and the only remedy <laughs> yeah. to that is future and it never ends. I,
1: I traced my um, paternal side back generations, generations, found them in uh, – South Carolina, they came over as indentured servants. Hmm. They were slaves, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they weren't black. Maybe the situation wasn't as bad. I don't know. But the the, the idea of trying to, you know, I'm thinking about reparations specifically here. But, you know, in a small way, DEI is kind of about reparations. It's trying to address. I think... I think that's a huge mistake. I think meritocracy is kind of the only way for things to work, and it's immigrants. I I do want to bring up because it goes back to the the point. It's often immigrants that fight the hardest for this American value system, Mm -hmm. this opportunity, and they know that you know at least it used to be. I mean, I don't know if it is as much anymore, but it's like I came here because here's my chance to make it. You know, you take you take um, um, Cubans coming to miami they're some of the strongest conservatives because they know how it goes and Mm -hmm. this was an upper and uh, land that had the right value system and they don't want to see it moving to left and going toward what they tried to flee
0: yeah and the net effect is really of all of this stuff is that it's almost like instead of a cautionary tale they've used orwell's 1984 as a blueprint yeah Because we are effectively starting... And and Brave New World on the techno... Right. ...side. Yeah. But we're starting to see uh, this play out where we just kind of have a never-ending now. And history never existed. You know, it's just whatever the party wants to show you at any given time. Destroy all the history books. You know, there was nothing before. It's just the endless now. And that used to be like something like, well, look out for that, you know. (laughs) But it's like we're seeing that, begin to play out fully embraced
1: fully embraced and celebrated
0: right yeah not fully because obviously (laughs) but there are people trying to make it happen
1: yeah there's no doubt the um brave new world thing strikes me this technological utopia is um where people are just you know drugged up hedonistic yeah i i don't know you know and again to huxley it was a cautionary tale but right i think we're past that
0: yeah it's almost like society is like the little kid who's like the parents like don't touch the stove it's hot and like really and you don't know until you burn yourself you know oh now
1: but the problem is they don't know they're burning themselves yeah again by i just try and look at metrics and if a hundred thousand people od'd because their life was so bad that they'd rather escape into drugs seems like a problem
0: yeah i right and context is everything you know uh, a lot of people are, they have like a family member that has OD'd or something at this point or whatever it is, you know, whatever the, the crime or the unfortunate circumstance, you know, but unless an issue hits you like really directly and personally, it's just, you're sort of disembodied from everything that's going around.
1: That's the problem. That's the problem. And that, you know, I mentioned building my home and, you know, like literally hammer and nail and nobody... If they didn't do themselves that eh, health insurance, everything's this way. If you disassociate yourself or make a one or two steps removed from the actual labor or, you know, what's happening behind the scenes, you don't feel it. So people don't feel the the cost of zoning or building inspections or things like that. So unless you've experienced that firsthand, you don't know how much inefficiency and bad is in the system. And then if you layer on top of that if you aren't kind of an out out of the box you know i'm entrepreneur if you aren't an out-of-the-box thinker you don't think because there is some benefit to it you don't think okay well how can i get benefit without this terrible bureaucracy bureaucratic Mm -hmm. cost and everything's that way it's like if we don't feel it personally hey things are good i'm
0: hedonistic and right and i think i think a lot of people have put up with um sort of the fiasco that was gemini this week in ai they're they're seeing that for what it is it's just it's there to look at but i think people put up with that in media like advertising it's always the <laughs> white guy who's stupid white getting guys. crapped on these days yeah, yeah. And, you know for for years in tv shows and movies there's a there's for an X account
1: called is, white men
0: are stupid in commercials or something Have yeah you that yeah yeah and so i think it is starting to just be it comes to a head here, and
1: well, it's bad because it creates resentment, I think, too. I, I, yeah. I, when I was you know in the 90s when I was younger, I really believe, and you know, I'm not black or Hispanic or anything, but I kind of believe, and I've talked to, to other people about this, um, you know, black or white, I believe racism was largely behind us.
0: Yeah. Right. We made a lot of progress.
1: We, yeah. And you now, can see
0: the Google chart where people started searching for like recently and, yeah. and it just goes straight up. Yeah. 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 And talking to younger people these days,
1: nephews, nieces, they're becoming a little more racist because of this.
0: Yeah. It's and that's really, that's young. a terrible thing. It's not good. Right. But I'll tell you what though, um, James Lindsay talks about the pendulum swinging and he's like, it doesn't swing like you think it swings um he has really dived deep into you know government communist stuff the left's like he reads their manifestos and stuff mm-hmm. he does the research and what he's talking about is everyone thinks you know the pendulum goes one way and it comes back but it goes back further yeah. one way than the other I've said
1: that for yeah i've said that for years that's but, interesting but
0: the real insight he says is and he said this is their actual thinking the activists so not your average mm-hmm. progressive just left-leaning person but the activists this is their saying they're uh the real action that they're after isn't the action that they take it's your reaction so they're playing 4d chess there and when you say um it's hey you know this gemini stuff it's having a certain effect you know it's making people you know however that makes them feel that is must be the what they're trying to get your reaction to it is what they're really after Mm -hmm. and that's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, because then you're going to end up looking bad. They want to catch you. That's agent
1: provocateurs, right? Yes, that's, that's uh, people going to rallies for the other side, whichever side yeah. you're on, and trying to stir up trouble. Yeah, and now the people of that rally look bad. Mm-hmm. That's that's,
0: and they want to make it so that no one, everything's off limits. We talk about the Overton window a lot and how it's shrinking and moving, and you know, they want you to be quiet. And Peterson did talk about this at his. Um, event he was talking about you know words are everything and and having the courage to to say something mm-hmm. at the moment that it matters mm-hmm. and to tell the truth like that matters and to take away your voice like yeah
1: like, his premise was basically it's like the only way you get out of this is personal responsibility yeah. stand up and fight against it right, right. fight for some of that but i don't know if people even know what to fight for elon musk um tweeted he, he hit autofill on google search yeah you saw that um uh, basically censorship is you know it was like
0: positive things is about two censorship.
1: two things passed up is good for this and good for and it's like you know the, the the whole freedom of speech thing which was one of the fundamental you know deals yeah amendments is seems to be not something people value or fight
0: for think is important or at least a good chunk of that's because these days you know no people haven't been told like any different you You know know? we haven't been taught right yeah and but the problem is you know speaking is a form of thinking if you shut down the freedom to say things you're really shutting down the freedom to to think because ideas are not going to spread You know, it's really just talk about the infantilization of society. Well, we're
1: back to the the school choice, the necessity of school choice. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I think 90% of all, 90 plus percent of all teachers, teachers unions uh, vote Democrat, Mm -hmm. support Democrats. And there's no way. I was talking to a friend uh, on the other side of the political spectrum, and I said, you know, do you think that if you had someone read two hours of conservative news, a liberal, or vice versa, uh, that it would affect? He's like, yeah. He's, I'm like, well, how do you think kids who get eight hours a day for five days a week who are right. only by – oh, I, I didn't even say conservative. I said articles written by a conservative mm, mm-hmm. right? to elucidate the point that teachers who are Democrat, yeah, they will right. bring that – but there's no way you don't bring that bias in as yes. a journalist or as a teacher and so that doesn't seem very good i mean it seems good if you're uh on the left side and think that you're right if you're, you're looking a good for job.
0: a monoculture and you want to if you see an opportunity to grab the power and that's what you want then that looks really good yeah yeah but I, a monoculture i might push back on that do you think they want a monoculture
1: i don't I don't even As long know, as the
0: culture is um, anti Christianity.
1: Culture is basically like chaotic. I think you used the term before. Isn't um,
0: it? Yeah. And the, so the way that Peterson was actually talking about that was short term gains versus long term. Yeah. And if everything is short term, I mean, that's basically what he's talking about when you're talking about hedonistic, mm-hmm. you know, just pleasure seeking, you know, mentality. That, that is chaotic. But yeah, I do think that that is the culture that a lot of people are after. You, um,
1: I think we brought up Keynes and Hayek before, uh, Austrian and, and uh, Keynesian schools of economic thought. If you haven't seen the University of Chicago rap video about and Keynes and Hayek mm-hmm. facing off, uh, you know, Hayek Austrian school is basically like long term. We you got to be looking, mm. it's not short. Keynes is like short-term, stimulate the economy. And this is kind of just a sim- simplified view of, yeah. but watch that video. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. I, It's like one of the best from the economic side, but it applies to like human nature in general. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the short people just after a short-term hedonism, it's like, you better plan, <laughs> but
0: yeah. don't need to. Right, you'll destroy yourself and you'll destroy a country that way if you're just thinking about immediate satisfaction um Mm -hmm. for whatever i mean you you you
1: know the experiment with marshmallows and children um so they take like five-year-olds psychology experiment they'll put them in a room and they'll put a marshmallow on the table or a piece of candy and the you know the whoever's conducting the experiment proctor whatever will say you know if you don't eat that when i come back i'll give you two interesting and it's like the single most important indicator for future success in life Hmm. the kids who are like wait because they could conceptualize long-term gain right end up doing better later in life
0: yeah and the kids were like oh (laughs) that's interesting yeah
1: it's really interesting look it up i don't know the name of the experiment but you can type in like marshmallow child delayed satisfaction
0: you know it's interesting because as i hear you talking about school choice and stuff that's a big passion of yours and education when somebody googles something or when they hit chat gpt or something that actually is a form of education you're looking to and learn something
1: thing. if 90 percent of the tech companies are biased democrat then it's yeah. the same thing yeah good there's point.
0: there is no it's a good point there's no uh such thing as neutral education right because of framing context you know you look at a handwriting exercise what are you practicing are you practicing america is racist oh. <laughs> or are you just no, writing true. your name or you no, know like true and, and so I think the same thing is now you and I are putting our money and time where our mouth is by building out a product that lets people have the opportunity to not be, you know, swayed by a persuasion, you know, uh, that they don't agree with that their values don't align, you know? So and, to
1: educate and feeding the beast
0: yes. in doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Like, would you, would you voluntarily and you don't. I assume. I don't assume there's a lot of conservatives who are donating to the far left. Um, would you give your money voluntarily to someone like you said who doesn't share your values? Right. Who maybe we don't know. This is speculation. Maybe wants to tear down your values. No, not, I don't think that's. I don't it.
0: think that's speculation. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody had it. Somebody had it to that point. Um, somebody had a really interesting lens in uh, that they were presenting. It was from a. a somebody else, a book or a think or something. And I thought this is really interesting. There was a time, um, up until, you know, from like the sixties to maybe 84 or something where the left kind of got along with, um, you know, the Christian sentiment in America still, Mm -hmm. they kind of still appreciated the past. And then that shifted into more of a neutral thing through this lens for several years until it got to an outright um hostility towards christianity which is where we've snapped into now mm-hmm. and it was interesting i i think that there's something to that you know we in the 60s did start to disconnect from the past more and christianity was still kind of kind of appreciated kind of tolerated then yeah. it then it was like i don't know about this yeah and now it's like christianity is bad
1: yeah it, well and i hear that debating um atheists or listening to atheists you can hear I had a neighbor come over one day hadn't met him first time I met him and we're talking and within minutes the conversation went to politics or religion or something and just like this venom came out of him and he didn't know what my beliefs were uh, and prior to that nor did I his but I, just, I I came away from that thinking, well, I would not like. I'm not going to dem denigrate, potentially offend him by saying things that I think could offend him. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I see it a lot. It's like this this hatred, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it, you can you can it's palpable. I think you use the word, you, and you don't see that on the other direction. So they think, and and it's interesting to me because. One, I, I, I use abortion as an example of this. <clears throat> it's like one chunk of the country, whatever percent, literally believes that you are killing babies a million a year. And you see almost no like violence or, you know, they'll, they'll point to an abortion shoot clinic shooting from 15 years ago. You see nothing, mm-hmm. right? One chunk of the country believes that police are hunting down and killing you know hundreds or a few thousand black men per year and you see cities burning dozens of people killed hundreds and hundreds of people injured thousands probably billions of dollars of property damage that's interesting to me yeah
0: but but see on the left um words violence so to them but
1: but 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 put that aside come back to this basic point like to me those are fairly analogous a group of people thinks that the other side is killing some -hmm. people and a group of people thinks that side's killing some babies and the response elucidates
0: the thinking i think Right, right. But the value, the value, the underlying
1: value system.
0: But everything's how you frame it, because somebody on the left is going to say, well, Christians are hateful of certain lifestyles. No, 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 no. But that's what they would say. No, but
1: I I really want to put I want you to play devil's advocate here and be the take the pushback on this. How 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 can you come come away thinking about the value system of those two groups of people by their actions? Right. Remember my Thatcher thing: words become actions, actions become habits, right. habits become who you are. We can kind of tell who people are from that. that and, and to me, I'm putting them on the level playing field. They aren't on a level playing field. This is this group of people thinks a million babies are being killed. This pe- yeah.
0: group of people thinks a few thousand people are being killed. Right. The so, I a thousand percent get your point, um, but I think it comes down to somebody's information diet, and what you perceive to be happening based on your information sources.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no.
0: I do. I do think that,
1: but I a hundred percent agree with
0: that. If yeah. you're watching Rachel Maddow
1: every day, you think something differently yeah. um, than if you're watching Tucker Carlson. But I mean, there's nobody on this street. There's no man on the street video who, if you went to one side and you say, how many, you know, black people are being hunted and killed by police. There's nobody who would say hundreds of thousands or a million, right? right? And if you if you went to man on the street and you said, "How many abortions are there per year?" Yeah, I mean,
0: of course, but, people know it's hundreds of thousands or a million. But all you're really talking about is the facts versus feelings thing, right? You know, you may be accurate in your assessment, but that's not the operating system yeah. that people run on.
1: I, I agree with that. I guess I guess my point is if you have any intellectual honesty whatsoever, you have to look at those two and you have to say, okay, the value system that underlies this group of people is nonviolence mm-hmm. right?
0: That versus this one. I well, mean, that's, that seems I, to be- I would think it's actually something more like, um, do, do humans have intrinsic worth regardless? No, we're not seeing skin color. We're not seeing age, You know, oh. whether you're a baby or a person. I think that's more of the fundamental okay. level.
1: Well, fair enough. If you assume, and it's the opposite, I believe, kind of, but maybe not. But if you believe that the left, in this case, Black Lives, Matter, Black Lives Matter, thinks that humans are super valuable, and so I'm willing to be violent over it, then you have to assume that... You know, Christians and people anti-abortion, pro-life people think that lives are not worth anything because I'm tolerating it. I'm not getting violent. Yeah, I guess that's one answer. That but, I don't think that's the right answer.
0: Yeah, the problem is um, just a, a different set of values <laughs> on, on the right side of things, meaning politically the right. Um, people do tend to it seems it seems value things in principle and on the other side it's more of a matter of just convenience kind of selective application yeah and i don't think i'm being unfair when i say that because you look at like the supreme court issue you know um, i had a, a democratic friend and he was telling me about how everything's rigged and the republicans are terrible and i said do you believe that the institutions of the country need to be upheld in principle or and i brought up the supreme court and that leak with the before the roe mm-hmm. versus wade thing and I said that was subverting an attempt mean, to subvert the, the court. The means justify the ends. Yeah. So do you believe about, you know, the, that the institutions should be upheld in principle or is it just about winning, you know? And I think that really spells out the priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, no, that, that's a good point. So
1: pro-choice, pro-life people believe in principle that you, you the means don't justify the ends. Right. right, I can't go shoot up a bunch of abortion doctors, kill a murder. I can't go around murdering because I'm saying murdering is wrong. So, in principle, that's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess you can get there, but to me, it, it, it's very elucidating. I think it, indi- it, it indicates it exposes value systems.
0: Yeah. So, to that, to, to kind of swing back to the Gemini thing, um, it's all interconnected. It occurs to me that if somebody wanted to um, exit the system that they find in place, you know, you have all these big tech companies that have a certain value set ingrained within them. If you're like, I'm going to leave that, it's sort of analogous to, uh, to put my Peterson hat on, to an exodus of sorts. You know, I don't want to be enslaved in this system anymore and i'm gonna leave well where do you go it's yeah. a desert out back, there back to our so are you talking like what, what are the alternatives physically or like no i don't mean physically but ideologically like if i want to stop using google if i want to stop using apple products if i want to stop whatever the company may mm-hmm. be because you know you don't want to it's a desert there's no one else has built really an alternative and you have to have you know the 40 year period well- yeah. of of heading some in and down so their it's, direction it's, to thrive. To some degree it's out there and and probably
1: it's greater than it's been maybe the proportion is greater but the the total potential resource pool is bigger. You know, you can go to first things or american thinker or I mean there's there's a lot out there but you have to be intentional. It's yeah. not being streamed at the airport. You know, CNN's being streamed at the airport. You so i do like i mean technology has been used positively there in that we can find we can find those like thinkers yeah and and i think you found that right yes in your own kind of political or uh, awakening i might say
0: yeah but but what i'm saying is like if if i want an alternative phone you know, all the yeah. phone companies, Yeah, maybe, they, you know, someone would be like, that's a neutral piece of technology. Well, it's not really. Yeah. You know, a phone is a phone, but there's so many different decisions that get made about, like Apple News, um, it's infused with certain, there's an algorithm well, in I mean, there. It's even, not- Even the left believes that to
1: some degree. Like yeah. were, there were boycotts for a while there because Apple was using child labor at Foxconn or whatever, yeah. right, slave type labor at Foxconn. So there's, even the left believes it's not neutral, and that probably you can affect change it by yeah. purchasing decisions, but yep. you're right. There's probably not, Yeah, uh,
0: you know, that's why we're doing objective reality. That's right, yeah. So in that domain, in the AI domain, we are actually building an alternative for people who wanna stay rooted in reality, and that's important, Yeah. but you know, I think it occurs that somebody could build an alternative oh. hardware system uh, because every purchase that you make, you know, you, there's different currencies. There is your money obviously, and you do want that to support things that are going to support you that you care about and not yeah, to support we gotta, other things. We've got to quit feeding the beast. But there's your time. There's your data. You know, no one thinks about how their data is being used, mm-hmm. not just like being sold. And but surveillance. You. Yeah, surveillance, <laughs> capitalism. You know, that's one thing that Peterson brought up. That was, was a great,
1: uh, great little dialogue.
0: Yes, yeah, China building Monologue. the perfect Orwellian uh, schema.
1: Yeah. He, he, I, I I'd like to share... Because I think it was really interesting, he was asked about um, pornography ID laws. Mm-hmm. So I guess Canada it has a law being proposed that you have to be, and I think some of the U.S. states are trying this. Um, Pierre, and Pierre, I don't know how party. to pronounce it. Love the guy, <laughs> like him. Yeah. I mean, just you know, I don't know that much about him, but they, so they have this proposed law, and Peterson's like goes on this you know ten minute rant about. How destructive pornography is, and it's, you know, the cheaping, cheap especially for women. young people. And, oh, I mean, yeah, completely. Uh, his point, and I had just seen this a week earlier that half of all women in their 30s do not have children. Mm-hmm. Half of those will never have children and will slowly, 90% of them or something, will resent and, right. you know, hate that happened yeah. to them. Right. So that's a quarter of all women. Mm-hmm. Are on this path to basically lifelong, you know, being babysat by their cats. We just lost, lost, lost any viewers with cats. But, um,
0: right. And, but, but the, the sub it, point that he brought up was really interesting. The, the, the ID. Thought, yeah. How would you verify right. the age and would the solution be worse than the problem? That
1: was the key. Will the solution be worse? You know, having the government track everything you do. You know, and he brought up China, every, every, how many, 700 million cameras. Something like that. Um, tracking every face, your gait. They can tell you are, how you, who you are by your walk, how you walk, um, every purchase you make, everything. Yeah. That is, is Orwellian and uh, autocratic.
0: Now they've, yeah. Autocratic. Totalitarian. They they uh they have the CBDC system in place, social credit, basically. They have like, a social credit system, yeah. You jaywalk, camera shames you, puts you on the screen, and you you're can't, deducted and, some credits. And you, can't, and you can't rent a car. You, right. you can't. There was access, a Black Mirror episode on yes. that. Yes. There was
1: a Black Mirror episode on that. Yeah. I don't know if you, did you ever see any Black I Mirror?
0: I saw a couple show? of those. Yeah. I didn't really it's follow all of
1: them. Fascinating stuff, I mean.
0: But, but, so, you know, in Orwell, you know, one of the lines is that all you had was like a few square centimeters in your brain and even that will go away if you give you know the technocrats um full control of everything now and i'm not just talking about just like with Neuralink. i mean an ai is going to get to the point where it can just basically look at your expressions and kind of know like what you're thinking based on what you're looking at or
1: yeah i mean we have that now we have uh so i i run a market research company and one of the tools that you have is you have eye tracking camera um, for like website. So you can see where people are reading and where the hot, the heat map is. There's other tools that track a mouse to do the same thing. But this is like, what are they looking at? You integrate that into like real-time decision-making. Right now it's a long process. It's like we have people come in, you you know, you do these things and then it gets into the, then they change their product and you know, it's big. But if it's real time, it's evaluating what, I mean, our Twitter
0: feeds, our YouTube feeds,
1: those are, they're kind of doing that right now.
0: Yeah. Now there's something interesting though, because to pick apart, he was talking about the Tower of Babel and centralization being a bad thing and needing distributed responsibility um, as a countermeasure for that. But there's something where, you know, technology could help facilitate that distributed mechanism or it could do it could go that way and you could get rid of a lot of bureaucrats for instance a layer of bureaucrats in any given thing by outsourcing some of that to technology or you know like i could see i could see some bureaucrats not wanting to adopt technology well that's interesting no so uh you know a big solar flare
1: event i don't know if you're tracking that we had one of the biggest solar flares of in the last 10 15 years and i was talking with my daughter about this and um I was saying, you know, that potentially, like, potentially, we could be thrown back to the caveman days, you know, like, like that, right? And she's like, well, how and I'm like, explain solar flares and uh, an EMP, you know, electromagnetic pulse bomb in the atmosphere. Uh, And I was telling her about the blackout, maybe it was in the 90s of the Northeast, like, you know, 100 million people like, like that lost power due to solar, solar flare. And, um, so we are talking about that and this is getting to your point of decentralization technology, I told her I have a copy of Wikipedia offline. Mm. So it's like technology. Okay. That's pretty decentralized. Can I eat dandelions? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, and it's, it's, you know, not this kind of conspiracy prepper thing, but just generally we have the ability, we have so much knowledge now that yeah. you can have in your hand more knowledge than anybody ten years ago had on the planet, mm-hmm. and you can have that in your hand. You don't need the internet for it, and you can use that to build or live or subsist. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I think there
0: is a potential for decentralization. That's Bitcoin. That's right. the premise. But but then there's but that's not the tendency. I would say no. The systems in place, it's not in their interest <laughs> to have that, and so what they'll end up doing is something that's more like the Chinese model. Which is surveil the ever loving crap out of you. Yeah. And well,
1: and we have to fight for, we have to fight. That is, you know, and we're, we're so much more advanced on that front than like Britain or any. We have, and I, Peterson brought this up last night, and I've argued it for a long time. One of the genesis, the, the brilliance of our forefathers was saying that we are sovereign. Right? We are, God is working through us individually, not through one man, a king, or whatever it happens to we be. We don't get your rights from the state. The state does not give you your rights. Yeah. We give the government the rights. And there's that tension. And if we can stick to that founding, you know, uh, that, and we have some big court cases. SCOTUS case on uh, Chevron decision. Now, are you familiar with that? Yeah, but break that down a little bit. Yeah. Because that's an important one. That's an important one. Uh, Chevron, I think this, um, so this is a precedent that's been followed for thirty years, and the question—I'm not going to do it justice—but basically, it it facilitates a lot of power in agencies, bureaucratic agencies, right? So most of the time, things have to be decided by Congress or by a court uh, when it comes down to differences. Over the last thirty to fifty years, the courts, the the, the um, agencies have accumulated power. So if I'm the EPA, I can just basically decide something on my own and I can decide, I can bring someone in and they were polluting that pond and I can decide how to judge them and find them. And Chevron was a case, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, Chevron, probably oil, um, that that's been challenged now by some fishermen that... The, the government said you got to pay us all this money the agency and they're like you can't tell me that i gotta go to court um that's gone all the way to scotus there's two decisions uh, challenging that i think and they maybe they combined and hurt them if that is if chevron is overturned it's going to draw a lot of power away from this beast, this federal bureaucracy, they yeah. won't. You know, they'll, it'll it'll cut that down significantly. Even if it's curtailed to some degree, it'll be because abandoned.
0: it was almost like, like what an alternative deep state government. You know, they used to an alternative <laughs> government. We all assumed that the operating system of the country was actually the Constitution. Right, but this made it no so that it was yeah. running a different operating system the, in a this, way.
1: The CFR. The Code of Federal Regulations is a gigantic. I can't even remember how big it is twelve thousand pages. I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw it out there. I don't can't remember. Um, and so it's you can be in violation of any of those, and yeah. that can be like I said, you could you could be doing something wrong on your own land, and you don't even know it. You know, it, there's this phrase. I've always wanted to uh, see if I could get this challenge to Supreme Court. There's this. There's this phrase, uh, ignorance is no excuse of the law. It's like, you're responsible to maintain the law. You can't just say, I didn't know. Well, right. it's now impossible. <sighs> Hold on one sec. Problem. You? So it's just saying, it's now impossible to know the law. For right. one, one person to know yes. the law. So it's like, how can, you, how can you reasonably be expected to obey the law if it's impossible to know the law? Right. So yeah, I'm a big proponent and people don't know this. Uh, uh, Newt Gingrich uh, brought this up once and you know, he's, he's a successful Republican from the nineties that gave his contract with America, um, which was a great start at trying to reign in the beast. And he had like 10 or 12 points uh, that they were going to get done. And he got all but one of them done. And the one and balanced budget was one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. he balanced the budget first time in you know my lifetime. Um, One of them was term limits. He couldn't get term limits through. Which is, anyway, I I digress. Um, Newt Gingrich brought up that Trump cut a third of the CFR, so these twelve thousand pages he got to buy, you know, four thousand pages. So that's a third less regulation on the country. I had to go fact check that, and it's true. He set out this this agenda of cutting two regulations for every new one introduced. Was mm-hmm. his rule. And it ended up, they cut it like 20 for everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. what a huge, from my perspective, what a huge success that nobody knows about.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, it's I, like uh, the Malay thing, you know. Ah, oh,
1: afuera. Yeah. <laughs> afuera. I don't know the Spanish. <laughs> Ripping off the government agencies <laughs> off the Who knows this what you just said? But yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. It kind of comes and back to. And I think too. he bounced the budget. Oh, that, did, he? did you see that news? No. So for the first time in a decade, uh, Argentina bounced their budget. Interesting. Just like just that he like happened.
0: Not something you would expect to hear. Yeah. yeah. So what is your response to somebody on the left who tells you this? The Constitution is a living document. <laughs> There's no objective truth then, right? Um Right. Constant revolution, nothing is foundational, everything can be reinterpreted. I'd say you get what you deserve. <laughs> I asked you last week if you it do, Does every nation no, get the don't, government they deserve? We don't all
1: deserve it, though. That's the problem, right? Again, if you're in that 40%, I mean, I guess you could argue that you didn't fight hard enough to try and get the majority or try I suppose. Um, but, but there are people who fight really hard yeah. who don't get it. And, you know, they well, probably didn't deserve that.
0: This qu- kind of comes back to Peterson's analogy of like the tree. It is what it is, but it's also becoming something. It's in the process of growing. And I think that applies not just personally, but to a country as well. Like, it is what it is right now, but it's also headed somewhere.
1: Yeah. Well, so for the constitutionalism, if we, you know, there's different schools of thought, there's textualist, right? There's there's different school ways of thinking about the constitution when you're making, when the court who's charged with interpreting Mm -hmm. I think this, I have a deeper topic to talk about this sometime because I had this, I had this kind of shocking revelation. Um, You have to have, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out. Um, So, you know, I'll analogize it to the Bible, the constitution. You have this embodied truth in text that you want people to live by, right? And now because we are men you now need an institution to interpret it right so can that institution embrace change and change the meaning and have differing opinions and can you have you know if we were all my analogy is if we were all set up to basically interpret the constitution for ourselves i don't think our country would work very well right and and, as demonstrated by our federal courts doing that to some degree right now. Fortunately, we still have a Supreme Court, so pretty hard to turn that ship. But in my mind, you need you need this like some type of body that interprets it, you know, with some textualist context for, toward that truth instead yeah. of their own agenda or what their own belief is at the moment.
0: Yeah. I think uh, an interesting way for people to conceptualize that is like... If you have everybody looking at the Statue of Liberty, let's say someone's on a boat and they're looking from the east, someone from the west, north, south, they're all seeing a different angle, but it's still the same fundamental thing. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. There's what is and then there's the interpretation layer Mm -hmm. over whatever this could be. The Constitution could be the Bible could be just reality Um, and everything is what you know how do you interpret that that's everything and if everyone can't agree that's a major that's a major problem. issue you can't even have a problem. dialogue then
1: you can't talk you can't yeah so yeah so long story short i think activist courts are bad right trying to set we are our, our system was not made to set policy and law through the courts right the courts are there to interpret toward what the intent of the original legislation was or what Mm -hmm. the constitution was
0: well yeah i think i think the real problem right now is in our recent history you know of our nation when there was something like an election that didn't go your way whatever side of the aisle you might have been on you accepted the results uh okay i I lost this time i'll have another shot and having that another shot That's what has kept all the violence at bay, you know, through our history, because it's like, well, okay, that's how it went right now. But in the future, I have another chance and things might change. But we're at the point where I think people are saying, I don't accept the last on both sides.
1: Yeah. And I won't
0: accept the future. I feel like I'm worried about that.
1: You know, I was talking to someone about this. Interesting statistic is like 70, 80% of Republicans think the last election was stolen was not valid a third 30 percent maybe of democrats think that that's interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) right that's bad and like you said if you don't have faith in the system you know that's going to degenerate i would think that's going to degenerate
0: yeah um it's unfortunate and i'm not sure there isn't an easy solution for sure (sighs) you know
1: I think you brought something up last week about this. It it, like you can measure, you can measure the intent by the outcome. Like, oh, they yeah. don't want a solution. I believe that. Right. I believe that you make it such that, you know, you, it's not that hard. You know, you saw it in Iraq mm-hmm. when, um, again, you might been a little too young for this but when we uh overthrew saddam and we tried to instill democracy that first vote they dipped their finger their thumb in blue ink to tell that they voted Mm -hmm. there's a simple thing i can't vote twice now right right um there's there's pretty simple solutions right a paper trail might be a good
0: one i think it was santiago uh from new founding that Put me onto that, and I could be wrong. It was somebody from Newfounding, and they were talking about immigration in particular. And they said, a system uh, is what it does, basically. And so we didn't have this sort of immigration. And, and I don't know if you caught this uh, progressives started terming um, the illegal immigration, uh, the le- illegal immigrants as new Americans. Mm, um, it's coming. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, they did this was the game plan in the with California's immigration act and they did it and now California is far left state and yeah. then it's going downhill because of the left policies. But uh did you see the stat 7 million um immigrants came in during Biden's term? 7.2, more, right? So yeah, okay, you did see it. And it's more than how many states? The 30 population of 32 or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a bigger population than all of, you know, individually yeah. any of thirty thirty some states. Right. That's gonna have impact.
0: You're not supposed to notice that though. Mm-hmm. And
1: you sure can't talk about it. Look the other way. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> yeah. that's mean. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So any other news interests you this week?
0: Um, yeah. Uh definitely. I I think one thing that's interesting is I don't know if you saw this Canadian AI regulation. No or it might have been california i think that tweet was same
1: deleted. same thing basically <laughs> yeah
0: it's canada as Christian. a part-time
1: canadian i think i can denigrate <laughs> that's true you can denigrate. say yeah I'm, I'm on the in the club i'm on the team
0: yeah tell me what you think of this i don't know if you ran into this bill c-367 says first of all is it canada or California? canada okay it is canada <laughs> actual canada Christian persecution is about to be introduced in Canada. Oh, yeah. If passed Bill C-367 could land Christians in jail for quoting the Bible or expressing a faith-based opinion if the Canadian government deems it promotion of hatred or anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah. That's that free speech thing I was saying about we still, fortunately, are somewhat ahead, but I've been watching the UK for 10 years hauling people away to jail for something they post on Facebook. Yeah. Right? No free speech law there right you know we still have that this this hate
0: speech thing you know uh -uh. shouldn't exist it's like you can say what you want to say yeah but things get outsourced and it it comes down to sentiment because you might be able to say whatever you want to say technically but that doesn't mean a mob's not going to come after you yeah and do uh meet out their own justice you know against you back to the principles thing
1: (laughs) right yeah no, it's a, It's a scary time we live in. I uh, uh, Free speech, we have to, you know, it's indicative of everything. We live, you started this by saying we live in the moment. Mm-hmm. There is no past. Right. And if we don't think that there was a lot of time or hundreds of years of precedence put into, you know, freedom of speech, right to bear arms, all these things, we're going to get what we deserve. Or. Yeah, we're gonna get what people yeah i mean it's just it's it's terrible i I find it terrible
0: and part of what is frustrating is you don't want to have to concentrate on these things a lot of which were already like problems that were solved previously yeah yeah but you do because you can get your way (laughs) (laughs) right that's right that's right but what what leads me into that is like you know there's there's things that people would like to you know tackle and attack that would be good for humanity that would be fun as well so i'm thinking about peter Thiel and his notion that we've basically stagnated on the tech side of things software is one thing but all almost all other like hardware based um innovation has kind of like dried up and he has an interesting theory about why but you know like there's ways to advance you know, in the knowledge that humanity has and and our capabilities and potential well-being relitigating things that have been solved for right. So I have two points
1: there. One. I was thinking about it the other day. One, one thing you encounter in life, at least some of us encounter in life is when should I correct a friend or a family member? Yeah. Right. It's like, I think they're doing something wrong. Maybe it's gonna hurt them later in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know whatever it is. It's when should I correct them? So turns out in in my faith and in Catholic faith, there's like hundreds of years of thought and tradition and writing about that. Mm. It's like, well, am I gonna come up with this on my own in an hour? Right, which is what we do today. That's all anyone does today. Instead of look to the past and oh yeah, look at there's great schools, you know, and you have to find. Find your value system and who you trust and what the truth is and Mm. go with that because you say it, we're mono experiential. I mean, we have very limited time. You can't, you can't redo all that. And there's so many greater things to be done. That's
0: why you need foundations. That's why I like the phrasing of tradition as experiments that society has done in the past that have worked and got baked in. Yeah. You need those foundations Otherwise, if you're constantly remaking the foundations, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. And you could see, I mean, the
1: example that is, you could see that our present, you know, I don't hope it's not going to happen. I don't think it's likely. But you could see society decaying into totalitarian state or anarchy or whatever. You could see it falling apart. And in that regime, I don't think you're going to see a lot of progress for generations. Yeah. And that would be tragic. Like, I think we all enjoy... progress we were making in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. technologically or you know it's just i i think that's a great thing yeah toilet paper is a great invention (laughs) right right there's Uh, a there's a uh, sound bite there's a clickbait right there
0: toilet paper is a great invention (laughs) yeah people are glad they listen to this podcast um you know on the personal side of things i know somebody who's an older person who was telling me that they were unhappy with some of the choices that a younger person was making and I sort of was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I remember when I was, like, 20, and I thought I knew it all. Of course we all do. But I was like, this person needs a chance to figure it out. Like, they'll probably not stay where they are yeah. now. And, but, yeah, from, from a certain perspective, maybe they're making some mistakes. or something.
1: But, but, but there's, there's also, I think, a reticence to seek out advice, sage wisdom the oracle on the hill right i think today's youth i could be wrong but i think today's youth are and maybe they feel like it because they're empowered with google and everything right they feel like they know it all so much more than i think prior generations did
0: well is it that or is it that really they've been taught by society that what really ultimately matters is you you on the inside your genuine truth yeah and your authentic self yeah so do whatever i could go on emphasizes your personal happiness yeah thrive inside at the expense of anything on the outside it's it's that's doomed to failure that's doomed to a life of misery yeah
1: one more thing i want to bring up on your point of uh stagnation and theo is and i talk about tesla probably too much but tesla you know couple things we're, we're really close to this full self-driving the whole neural net now is baked in from from inputs to outputs and people using it over the last couple of weeks they they just released it to in what they've done traditionally is they've released their beta testing to the best drivers so they have all the data they can tell who's a good driver and who's not right how mm-hmm. they accelerate how everything that happens and so the logic which i thought was really smart is we only let few thousand whatever people who are really good use it because they're going to be responsible for the first time now they randomized Hmm. so they think it's good enough for like anyone yeah and they're going to have so one thing of progress but the real thing of progress about tesla is and i was thinking about this is ideas there's a good book uh, i can't remember who uh, ideas have consequences Hmm. it's a great book um but Tesla uh, uh, Musk's ideas with Tesla are just so amazing the innovation that can happen in what you perceive to be a stagnant industry for 100 years. Yeah. He and and I'll give some some data to back this up. So, Ford loses loses a billion and a half per quarter on their EV mm-hmm. sales. And they sell, I think it was 40,000. Do they have
0: two models? They got a lightning truck. Truck
1: and the Mustang. I Mustang right? mach yeah. They lose a billion and a half per quarter, and they only sell 40,000 cars per quarter. Hmm. So you do that math, they're losing 40 grand per car they sell. Right. They sell them for 60 to 80 grand. Yeah. They're losing 40 grand per car. They're trying to play L- a game that Musk invented. Right. And he's... He's wasting them. And Lucid, probably the the third largest. I think GM basically pulled the plug. Lucid, they only sold like thirteen thousand cars last quarter, and they lost three hundred and forty thousand per car they sold. Wow. <laughs> Musk, on the other hand, sold half a million cars. Yeah. Tesla sold half a million cars, and they made like four or five thousand per car. That's like and that's a crazy. huge margin that's fifteen to twenty percent margin per car yeah. that they make, and consequently he can lower the price and just he's just wasting all the competitors he's like five years ahead of and it's just the ideas and, and this is this is the point I was trying to get to is ideas with right implementation can be so successful and and if you aren't relitigating the past and you find your value system you can you know tesla you know about the 48 volt initiative no oh this is huge so uh you know your car uses a 12 volt battery Mm. and and so did teslas right Mm. that run all the accessories Uh and that's a legacy thing that's been baked in because all the people who make windshield wiper motors are 12 volt motors everybody who makes electric door lots at 12 volt you know Mm -hmm. so this is baked in there's been an idea for 20 or 30 years to upgrade to a 48-volt architecture, Hmm. okay? And nobody's done it. Tesla just did it with the Cybertruck, and they're going to do it on the other cars. And the key interesting thing about that is he just said, screw it. Well, we're doing all our own motors. We're doing all our own actuators. We're, you know, Hmm. because it's a better idea. Yeah. And the reason it's a better idea just technically is... Your wires can be—it's um, voltage equals IR, so it's—is uh, it IR squared? I can't even remember, but it's um, your wires can be a lot smaller. So now you don't have these giant har- wiring harnesses. You save a lot of money on copper. Arguably, if you're environmentalist, that's better for the environment. Your cost structure is a lot lower. And the other thing they do is they put it all on a data bus. So instead of running a wire from from the you know compartment to every single thing, they have just basically it's not Ethernet, but they have one wire going to everything. That's hmm. it. Interesting. So I mean, they have like 90% lower cost structure on all of the wiring of their cars. Yeah. And that's just an idea executed. And now no one else, they're five years behind on catching up. In fact, he released he wrote up a big. He had his engineering team make a big like manual on this is how you do it, and he gave it, sent it to the presidents of all the other car yeah. manufacturers, <laughs> kind of taunting them. Hey guys, this is
0: how you do it. You know, we'll teach you how to do this. I so, don't... what's the lens then for how you know something is going to be better? Because if he had just done what always had been done, yeah, and you know, because that ties into all the politics that we were talking about earlier, yeah. you know how do you prevent someone from thinking i'm going to be the tesla of american politics and just because we've always done it this way
1: that's fair that's a fair question i think i think engineering's a little different right we talk about you talk about limits and what's physically possible like you can know you can know something you can model that out better it's not a uh it's not a belief system or a value system or a philosophy it's like physically i know the equation for current capacity you know vehicles are done so now i can model it out it's like hey now i can put in the spreadsheet if we use this much wire at this at 12 volts we only need this much you know so you can you can model that out but people are adverse to risk and he's not that's true (laughs) he straps it on it might be his drug
0: is that yeah i think so is that something that can be taught you know that risk getting rid of you know risk aversion or is it just inherently baked in you know based on your personality yeah no
1: i think risk aversion i have this theory i don't know if i've shared it with you that people question europe the european union questions why are the majority of all the new great tech companies american it's like we have twice as many people in europe we have you know decent per capita gdp why what is it what's going on here so is it the governing system or what's going on? I have this theory that it's genetic propagation of a risk gene. Hmm. So if you look at um, chimpanzees in the jungle, there's, they've, they've found the gene like the monkey with this short gene will take giant leaps, dangerous leaps, that the ones with the long gene won't. Mm-hmm. There's like this propensity for risk baked into to genes. And I think that, you know, coming out as, as man immigrated from Africa and, and through Europe and going east and then eventually over the ocean, I think the people who moved had a greater risk gene. Hmm. It's like, this is dangerous. What I'm about to do, I'm going to take my family or myself and I'm going to go further. And I'm going to go all the way to the Scandinavian countries and I'm going to hack it out. And, and you know, the Irish, you know, I'm starving a potato famine we're all dying but half of them crossed the ocean to come to america and took a risk half of them didn't same situation
0: yeah right that's an interesting theory um it's sort of the nature versus nurture on a societal level yeah conversation because how much of that is like we've had great entrepreneurs and there's some sort of a factory like If school teaches you about them or if you can run into them like, look at this person, look what they did, look what you could do, you know what I mean? Versus like, well,
1: I mean, take it now. I mean, we'll, you know, take, I'll run into immigrants from like Kenya and they come, the ones who come are still, and it's India, it's everywhere. The ones who come are the ones who are willing to take that risk, Mm -hmm. right? To this day that mm. we still see that it that's it's a risk to go to a new country and set up a life right yeah. so i but i think there's something is that, there a
0: reason though like you can't have a tech startup in india or something like there's not really a reason it's not really technically that you know just because of where you're based physically you couldn't necessarily it, do something yeah i'm
1: no i'm just saying that tech startups come from people who are more risk yes tolerant right right and my hypothesis is we have a higher risk tolerance yeah. due to genetic select- selection over hundreds yeah. of years, right. oh, thousands of years, really.
0: I wonder, though, coming back to Teal's thing, like how much of that risk, um, a, a willingness to really, really be risky is still baked into America's tech entrepreneur class yeah. because... Well, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I just say, it's not that software is easy but it might be easier than making physical you know yeah th- based you know tech products and that's a probably what 90 something percent or is that too yeah, high yeah. oh yeah Ends up it's, being on the software side it,
1: it's a lot yeah and it takes less risk to do a software startup not none by any means. not but, none but yeah you're committing time and but and musk is a great example right he was an immigrant right he's african-american Um, is the joke, right? He's from South Africa, but we, we have this culture. And so it probably attracts, you know, it probably attracts other risk takers to be, I mean, I see that just in the States. Um, my son talks about going and living in Silicon Valley just for the environment, right? Because there's, it feeds off of itself. So anyway that that's my my little theory that well
0: why personally did you feel the draw to get into being an entrepreneur um
1: bucking of authority I don't want to work for the man check um promises of riches <laughs> oh right right um I'm probably have i'm a risk taker I, you know, like i said i went went and lived aboard and tried to sail the world yeah i yeah i think it's a combination of things i i like i'm i'm just curious and inventive for Mm -hmm. one so that coupling of those few things and we're in a great environment to do it although i spoke to a rotary club and uh it was on entrepreneurialism and it turns out we're like we're definitely on the wane like india's on the rise india has like I don't know, three hundred thousand entrepreneurs per year, and I don't remember the numbers. Mm-hmm. And we have a hundred thousand. Yeah. Um. So we're riding off of our past highs, I think, for a while. Yeah. But again, I mean, some of the biggest breakthroughs are still coming from us. Yeah. Brand new breakthroughs. That's true. Right. Open, Open ai is a U.S. company, right? yeah tesla is a u.s company you think of the top name you know we we missed out nvidia intel missed that boat yeah but
0: uh you know it's funny breakthroughs and purposeful development of stuff versus how tech gets fielded and then adopted is funny did you see this floating around that kids have started using deep fakes to teach themselves so there's like a video of calculus going around and who was teaching it was like kanye or like different (laughs) celebrities (laughs) Because it was like that made it more amenable somehow, that's
1: <laughs> you know, funny, yeah, yeah okay, didn't so, see that coming so my my uh term to coin this week is uh uh designer education drugs,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> that's funny, that's yeah, awesome really. I
1: did see a uh, a couple I think they might be advertising um spacex's education thing that musk stood up, yeah, um. They're like actually advertising now. I think they're trying to spread, right?
0: Yeah. How come yeah. you didn't name it? It has a name. What's the name? Right. The, are you talking about Texas Institute of Technical Studies or something it's, like that?
1: Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Musk with his sense of,
1: <laughs> acronymic sense of humor. Yeah. 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 But I saw a couple examples and it was impressive. It was great. It was AI tutoring, teaching, mm. and it's like that's the way to learn my kids um we used khan academy mm-hmm. and if you know sal khan's story it's a fascinating story you i know actually much. don't no. let, let me give you a 30 second he's um he's an indian guy he was a uh trader or quant maybe he's a quant in new york and his like niece you know he's indian i think and his niece um him and said can you help me with my you know algebra and she's like, sure. And he'd do some Zoom calls with her. And then some of the other families like, well, you know. And so he started recording the Zoom calls. And then it just turned into this thing uh, where he's like, well, I'm going to make a website, put it on there. And then Gates got wind of him, gave him millions of dollars mm-hmm. to start Khan Academy. Mm-hmm. And it was, the premise was kids will learn at their own rate, right mm. and let them work. They do, it's a tree of knowledge mm-hmm. kind of thing and it was it's highly effective and that was before ai they've integrated some ai now mm. but there's i think our the way we educate is just completely complete lunacy at the time i mean if you're in the 1800s and you're all working in a factory and i need to put my kids in a different factory called schools okay you know maybe that's a start and we actually taught useful things then yeah. but the way we do it today
0: is actually the school system that we have in america wasn't it predicated on sort of making good factory workers Little drones with the bells and Little right drones. that was sort of the template do yeah. Dewey,
1: do we yeah right. yeah yeah it's uh so we gotta we gotta break out and it's hard it's hard to break out of that i homeschooled my kids and it's it's hard to buck that trend because you're doing an experiment yeah. trying to and you're potentially ruining your kids lives if you're wrong yeah and it's such an entrenched system but like we've talked about there's you can find support systems now right you know and yeah. once you realize and now it's like three to f-
0: i think three four million are homeschooled um which is a growth of how much percent would you say over, uh, i
1: mean when, when we like started, put it over
0: a decade how much do you think it's grown
1: well 20 years ago when we started i mean i bet it was just a few hundred thousand mm-hmm. so that's like a 10x growth in 20 years yeah um so that's a big deal
0: yeah that's, so what is the point of education in your perspective Huh. that's deep because say, that's go gonna matter you yeah. know if you're setting up a per, system you per, have to have why why are yeah. you doing that
1: yeah well i guess it was originally to uh, prepare them for a career right i've probably morphed in the last five or ten years and it's like make you think more cr- i hate the critical thinking thing because that's I think part of what got us into problems, but yeah. to, to give you a value system and ground you in in uh, an understanding of how things work, mm-hmm. probably. And make, one of the big things for me, and I tried to do this when I was teaching science to these kids, um, instill curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we do the exact opposite. Yeah. I think we
0: take our children and we beat the curiosity out of them. Right well if you phrase it like this i think that might spark some more debate does the state serve the student or does the student <laughs> serve the state
1: i don't think the state should serve the student definitely don't think the student should serve the state
0: yeah but i don't think that's the lens that the current education department looks through that's fair. i think they think of children as a resource you know, and they are instilling a certain type of morality and you know, yeah, no, I this think, is where the I whole parents rights debate comes into focus
1: yeah that's that's a dangerous one, yeah, you know they'll they they think they have claim on your kids for you know they're trying to extend it to preschool, and now you know, working toward efforts at free college tuition, yeah, so from three or four years old to twenty two. Yeah, that's a long. I mean, that's basically their whole development.
0: Yes, and they spend more time with somebody other than their parents. You know, you're in that situation as a parent. You're almost the foreigner. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not almost. It's, you are. It's, it's but not, you've been conditioned to think that that's. It's not good. healthy, and I would
1: I would say we can demonstrate that through many statistics, like I mentioned on depression, suicide, SSRIs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Hey, interesting thing I think you'd find. Um, Came across, I probably saved it, a study talking about, it's like, was it happiness? It was happiness, probably self-reported, but it was a big study, thousands of people. Um, activities. So SSRI, serotonin receptor inhibitors, mm-hmm. whatever, um, was like down about eighth on the list on making you happy. Hmm. The number one thing, number one or two was like Walking yeah and it was it's really fascinating. It was like one of the least effective things you could do. It was effective. it, it had had mm-hmm. some impact, but it was pretty low, and uh it's pretty simple to go for a walk.
0: yeah, it's I should try and find funny out. how often I run into that and how often it comes up. I know a lot of people like I ran into this concept the other day, even you know, obviously working from home has been a big trend uh recently and even though it's kind of reversing a little bit but i saw somebody talking about even though they work from home they're going to go on a fake commute like simulate a commute by going on a walk i had a customer who did that and then at at when when work ends up yeah and
1: I, i talked to a customer and this was uh during covid and she would get in her car she'd shower Get in her car, drive 10 minutes one bay and 10 minutes back, and then start working. That's funny. Just so she felt like she Now, had that is this. the
0: fake commute, but it's not the, the walk because the
1: walk. The walk is the.
0: Secret, walking the specifically, key. people, I know a lot of people who are going to do that no matter what. So, dancing, number oh, one. And look, at, look at
1: the magnitude of the effect. Now, a lot of uh, margin of error there, but yeah. still, I mean, that margin of error is way past the uh, benefit. This is the, the uh, control, is yeah. that line? So, dancing. Then walking. Huh. Cognitive behavior. Aaron Beck, if you've never read Aaron Beck, uh, good psychologist from the 70s, 80s, cognitive therapy is... is that's uh,
0: pretty foundational, fundamental, and it's it's like the thing you could point to from the therapeutic world that's like, yeah, that has that real works. results. Yeah. That works.
1: Uh, yoga, exercise, and SSRIs. So I was wrong. Therefore, mm. It was fifth. Um, Interesting. No, SSRI... Oh, okay. Well, see, that's not really fair. SSRIs are here yeah they're barely past the uh clinically important benefit, interesting and their margin it touches that so i thought that's pretty interesting it's all around activity look how much stuff ranks above that it's mostly you know physical activity it's all though, activity yeah. so and dancing i think that's fascinating
0: yeah interesting I don't think there's a lot, lot of people of, are missing out on a that, lot of adult dancing <laughs> going on anymore but uh yeah, yeah I, I thought
1: that, that is was interesting awesome. so what's your takeaway on that um yeah exercise more
0: yeah 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 that's interesting i see a lot of um kind of fitness influencer type of people talking about you know just all the benefits yeah hit the weights you know endorphins are released yeah 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 and i think there's something to that but i think it's what what do you think the actual reason is is it purely physical or is it also like i just accomplished something you know what i mean yeah. Is it the routine aspect? I don't know. We should research that. Is it I, the nature aspect? I'll because bet there's
1: some experiments there somehow. It's hard to yeah, hard to blind those. I yeah, there's because there's a lot, It's like you feel like you did good. You, I think there's there's a definite endorphin release thing that happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're just wired to exercise. Uh huh. We aren't wired. But is to it sit just the day?
0: exercise? Because I know with the the walking, it's like go for a walk outside. And like, that's where I see a lot of people saying that they get the most benefit.
1: That's interesting. It'd be interesting to see if like treadmill walking, I'm kind of appalled and no offense to anyone who's doing it, but I'm kind of appalled when I go to a gym and I see hundreds of people lined up on treadmills, walking, staring at TVs, and I feel like just feels wrong i mean it feels like matrixy to me right I, it doesn't feel the natural. mind is trying to check and out it could be you know i'm just an old timer and i'm not thinking about it right but it it just it does feel wrong i mean i can see how it's easier it's like i'm going right. to be entertained by something and stay in place and be able to yeah i can
0: see well I can someone could that. like pop in uh, an audio book or you know listen to music too yeah. like it it kind of makes sense to multitask in a way. Yeah, no, it does. Like, but, I do a lot of walking. I, I
1: always walk while I speak on the phone. Yeah. So, I, it's funny. I can't sit in a chair. Like, I get up and I pace. If I can't be outside, I pace the house. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so, yeah, anyway. But I think there is some, there's a combination. Exercise. There, there's the exercise, but there. I think there is also something like, I don't know if it's the sunlight or just getting out, or if it just feels sunlight. like a micro adventure because it may be the same neighborhood, but you might see health, different- Health tip of the week. Um, if you haven't checked your vitamin D level,
1: you can buy a test online. It's a blood draw. You can hmm. do it yourself or just jump in a clinic. Get, get your vitamin D checked. Like everything revolves around vitamin D levels and we've like totally ruined ourselves through one, our indoor living and two, our sunscreen. Oh. And so it's, it's pretty ironic. It's like skin cancers. Jumped when we invented sunscreen.
0: They jumped. They jumped, Yeah, you can't How's make that?
1: vitamin D. Um, you can't make vitamin D very well without sunlight in your epidermis. Okay. Right. So if you aren't getting the vitamin D, that's an antioxidant that fights cancers, does a whole lot of things. They think it's why we get flu every winter. Uh-huh. Right. It's because we go inside our vitamin D. You you can correlate the exact drop in vitamin D levels with the winter and with flu and cold.
0: Yeah. You can. And
1: so with, what you look back, you look at the Spanish flu, you look at 1912, 1913, one of the things they found worked, and you can find photos of this, they take all the patients and put them outside on gurneys under the sun. Hmm. In Norway, they do that with babies. They take hmm. and you see them all bundled up, but their face, they're out in the sun, all these babies. <laughs> and funny. yeah, I'm a big proponent uh, in making sure you get plenty of
0: vitamin D, either through outdoor living. Um, or supplements now that's funny because you and i frequently talk about as the world becomes more virtualized and you you know you're gonna wear the vision pro <laughs> version 20 or whatever and be in a closet somewhere and it's like a built-in bathroom maybe you don't even have to leave we'll have some darwinism going though i'll be dying off yeah well if you know that's something that you can't simulate like getting you can simulate being in a sunny place yeah but you can't simulate the actual exposure to the i have a brother-in-law who um
1: he has a giant light for in the northern climates they have sad seasonal affective disorder and he has a giant light that he sits with for hours a day up in minnesota yeah um because it's you know you don't get much and that helps like there right and that does yeah, actually help. yeah I but know. what is it
0: pumping out like that one's probably like your pineal gland somehow yeah. i don't okay. i don't really know it's not getting you vitamin d i know no but no. it's is it just tricking your brain to yeah, think it's, that it's, I think it's okay yeah
1: it's probably like longer days yeah it's better or something right but, uh, check your vitamin d level make sure yeah. you're over 50 nanograms or whatever the number is um do you do that i, I think i do yeah and i don't need to anymore i don't test it because i take a supplement here's the example i take five thousand ius a day the usrda is like 150 or something Mm. right that's what they think you should take and in order and this is like empirical for me it's like in order to get my vitamin d level to where it needs to be that's what i have to take Mm -hmm. and so it's not and it's by the way it's a uh uh, fat soluble vitamin, which you can overdose on and mm. ruin your liver, there kidneys. So don't over like vitamin C. You can pop, you know, hundred pills and you'll be fine. It's water soluble. It ends up leaving you. Um, There's certain things, vitamin E, vitamin D, that are fat soluble, and so be careful. You can overdose on those. But just go do research and you'll find out. So um, anyway, for health, yeah, I think if you're vitamin, I never get sick, right? no flus, no cold. Hmm. And I'm around people. My wife got the flu last week. My daughter picked it up. And you're saying so. it's from
0: the vitamin D. I think it's not, not the vitamin C. I think uh, I do both, but yeah. I think it's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's, you never yeah. hear about that. Yeah. No. So look into it. But the sunscreen thing, um, that's not what you hear about, that cancer goes <laughs> up due to that?
1: <laughs> Take a look Is at it. Is there data? Do
0: the research. Yeah. yeah. Do, do the research. So what's the solution then? If you don't want to get the sun exposure, because that also leads to well, cancer,
1: right? Yeah. So, well, what happens with us is we don't develop natural, you know, we don't develop tans. Mm-hmm. We don't slowly. The way nature works is you, you, the sun comes out a little more in the spring. And if you're an agrarian person, you get a little bit of sun and slowly you get a tan mm-hmm. that protects you against a big burn, mm. right? Later in the summer. What happens to us is we're indoors and then we go to the lake for the weekend and we get burnt. And it's the burn that does serious t- skin damage and introduces mm. skin so cancer So not the later. sun
0: per se, I, I, it's the burn more I, than. I think
1: it's a combination, it's not, it's not a simple thing because yeah. the sun is actually, again, creating mechanisms, vitamin D, the precursors to fight. Because yeah. you have mutations happening all the time in all right. your cells, right? Not all your cells, but a lot of your cells get mutated and your body goes and fights it before it grows into a cancer and if you inhibit that ability to fight it you're 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 gonna get cancer yeah and inhibiting the amount of vitamin d you get from the sun it, you know does that so yeah anyway, interesting something for you to look into
0: i yeah. know you're a health seeker <laughs> right so i just want to come back to uh something that we mentioned earlier because i i forgot to get your perspective on this if we have some systems in place um economically on the tech front um you know various education i hear a lot of people talking about setting up kind of a parallel economy um and a parallel way of doing things number one is that healthy number two is that sustainable number three is that the way to do things um if you can't affect change through what's already there you know what are your thoughts on this Mm. idea of parallel existence basically within one country
1: yeah that's a lot to impact that goes kind of into my neo-amish community uh concept i i definitely think you should not give your money to people who don't align with your values
0: and so thereby i think you should in principle so if somebody on the left doesn't I, align with your values they shouldn't give you money either
1: oh they can do what they want I'm just saying, so in, <laughs> I think so if, in principle. if you have values and you're trying to achieve an end, you should not. I mean, in principle, we see the left doing that right They're yeah. They're uh, demonetizing conservatives on platforms. They're stopping their credit card merchant accounts. I mean, the left is doing that, but I think the right should do that as well. Um, you know, I don't agree with Starbucks values. I t- I don't drink coffee, so it's not a big deal. My wife does. I tell her, you got to stop giving them money. Right, because they promote and they actively contribute to campaigns who try to defeat what we believe in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I So I think that's a mistake we all make. I'm not great at it. I have a brother-in-law who's like hardcore. And, you know, if we did that, if I did that personally, there's so many things I couldn't do or use. Mm-hmm. You know, like you probably wouldn't have an Apple phone. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. Depends on your views. But I can't, I'm not that good about it, but
0: I do think we should. As so practical kind of what you're saying is that's sort of already how things worked because you just gravitate towards to the extent that you have a choice The the things that you know there's some stores you're going to want to spend money at there or coffee shops or some not yeah
1: well but i think we don't know
0: the choice thing is the big
1: choice thing but i don't think we know really how the money's being used right in that Mm -hmm. company Or how the shareholders or the majority shareholder is using it. I mean, if you're a leftist, and (laughs) ironically, this happened with Musk, love the guy, making electric cars, working toward my carbon neutral world. Time man of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a leftist guy who loves this guy, you know, not knowing that he was going to use his money to buy Twitter and promote things that he disagrees with. Right. Um. So I think, I think probably knowing that, you know, hey, I believe in guns and uh, Schultz and Starbucks is spending a lot of money to stop that, I should probably not support that, right? Yeah. So I think I agree, but I'm not religious about it.
0: Yeah, so because I, I see a big movement of people who are like, okay, we need whatever institution there is on the left or company. Yeah. We need to build an equal and opposite thing you know so that and then and then if you played that out i mean you basically would wind up with two countries in the same (laughs) geography same space yeah you know it's just it's just weird to think about and on some level because we can't agree it comes back to the
1: values if we don't have a common set of values we should expect divergence on many fronts Mm -hmm. in education you know i mean it's going to be it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to get easier so
0: then the question really is will competition be allowed then will people be allowed to set up make shop? choices
1: allowed allowed's pretty binary it's tough right it's tough to set up and and the big big companies the corporate cronyism they try to make it tough because they doesn't incent them to have competitors mm-hmm. right so Google's in favor. When I was young, companies did not like regulation, right? Yeah. That just makes our costs go up. Yeah. Well, what they've discovered is that regulation make is a moat for right. me, and so that's terrible.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then also, I think that what you're seeing with like Stripe and not giving certain people from a, an ideological persuasion that the people who run Stripe don't agree with, it's basically what, how you can look at as an extra ju- judicial system sure then maybe the government isn't no. putting its and, foot down on something but and
1: i think i'm a somewhat libertarian there right capitalist they can do that that's their right i think you can discriminate against political beliefs as as a company i don't have to hire someone based on if i don't like their political beliefs i
0: think that's the way it should be and i think the market would sort that out mm-hmm now those incentives, yeah, that's kind of you're talking about some incentives. Because certain systems do try to incent in certain ways. Like you can't win an Academy Award if you don't have X, Y, or Z boxes <laughs> checked yeah. now. Yeah. And I heard I heard somebody talking about that. They're like, art is supposed to be free. Like you're supposed to be it's this is, unchained. This
1: is their uh this is what I said. They the left ends up with this conflicted value system. They're they're stuck. They don't, you know, they'll run into Hey, we we promote this, but now how come I can't win an award? <laughs> right they, yeah, and it'll come up more and more every year,
0: yeah, short-term gains versus long-term prosperity, yeah, and no undergirth is that a word uh. Undergird.
1: Undergird. Is <laughs> that it? it Girth. <laughs> I have undergird. Undergird. Yeah. <laughs> undergirding of their of a, a consistent value system. If you don't have universal truth, you are going to run into and the less universal it is, so the more relativistic, the more problems you are going to run into. I. Right? That's my pro- proposition.
0: Yeah. Something that we were talking about earlier made me think of you know this notion that. Um, people on the right are told and expected to quote-unquote be kind and that re- that there's no reciprocation there <laughs> no, like you're supposed to basically what it means is capitulate yeah and don't you know don't fight back don't have any thoughts of your own right um you know it's it's and that
1: that worked for a while you know we had uh, the right had the compassionate conservative movement for And I was on board with that, you know, for, especially during the Bush junior term, um, terms. And then I realized (laughs) you can't negotiate with terrorists. You, you, you can't because that there is no, it it doesn't, it doesn't work out in the end. So, uh, that's why I'm just fully on board with anyone who will actively fight and try to destroy the snake that's eating
0: its tail. (laughs) I think that was part of Peterson's point in the importance of language and having things that actually mean something, not separating meaning from, you know, words because you brought up, you, you know, you can't negotiate with a terrorist. Well, on a relativistic, you know, side of things, I've seen this, you know, people are like, that's not a terrorist. They're a freedom fighter. <laughs> well, yeah. you know again the left i think if you could if you could put the left in in one word it might be the word redefinition
1: redefinition
0: that's sort of a
1: redefiners
0: yeah do you think i mean i mean what what is progress if not redefinition in their point of view that is literally the whole project i could see that and i think
1: that's a waste of time yeah and i I think and destructive self-destructive
0: yeah, yeah, self destructive. Yeah. It is destructive on its face. Yeah. Self destructive also. But I, I see this I think in the concept of reform. You know, if something's good, it doesn't need to be reformed. But that uh, reform is another way to sneak in that concept of yeah, progressivism. That sounds, sounds
1: good. Yeah.
0: To marketing trope. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. We, we X, Y, or Z needs to get reformed. Well that sounds, you know, but it's right in the word reform. it's been formed
1: yeah and you and to make that decision on reform you have to decide if it's serving the value Mm -hmm. system that you have which means you have to figure out that value system yeah and that's where that's the heavy lifting
0: yeah and the problem is that you you know it's not just super black and white because some things do need to get redone like if you find yourself in you know a straight up communist country or something maybe that needs to get redone but if you got a good system, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't just apply across. As long support.
1: as you define good. Yeah. That's, and and that's the challenge we'll leave to the audience.
0: Yeah. By and we can help them out with that at objective reality <laughs> plug plug. Cool.